0: The Yak Legion Podcast and the Buckeye Kayak Fishing Podcast are sponsored by the Buckeye Kayak Fishing Trail. You can reach them at buckeye BuckeyeKayakFishingTrail.com. Strictly Sail in Blue Ash, Ohio. Reach out to Brian for all your Hobie needs at 513-984-1907 and American Tackle Company. You can find them at americantackle.us. Howdy y'all, Zach Carell here with Buckeye Kayak Fishing, Ohio's number one kayak fishing podcast. And tonight I have Chris Hannigan and Sean Skidmore. We got the first place and second place winners of the East Harbor, West Harbor, KBF event. How's it going, guys? All right. Oh, man. <laughs> I think this is Sean Skidmore's first uh first usage of skype so (laughs) bear with him here so uh man that was an awesome tournament dude congratulations again man you guys did a terrific job on that very awesome um so we'll get we'll get right into it man um so when you have you guys been fishing east harbor for a while
1: i have for sure i swear i cut my teeth at in bass fishing um I had a, I have a buddy up there that does walleye charters, and I work with him, and he says, oh, you got to come up and fish East Harbor. There's tons of bass in here. So one weekend, I went up, stayed with him, and I just fished East Harbor the whole time, and I caught so many fish, it was ridiculous. Wow.
2: I think uh, Hannigan turned me on to the place about, I think it's been about, this is my fifth year there, I think, and uh. And again, and I got another bass boat buddy that fishes, uh, some of their bass tournaments up there and just was talk swearing by the place for the longest time. I said, you got to get up there. You got to get up there. So it was a combination of those two kind of turning me on to it. But yeah, it was, uh, I love going there. Obviously uh, a lot of people, the, the attendance we had at that last event is, uh, definitely proof
1: of that yeah 132 (laughs) anchors yeah that was our that was our biggest event for uh anything that was bkft was involved with i think the highest before was what 80 maybe Mm
2: -hmm. 87 last year we had so that
1: was the cincinnati shotgun right it might have been
0: yeah that cincinnati shotgun there was like 80 some people in that uh that was a big event that was a lot of fun too i think i fished sharon sharon lake with that one did pretty decent so, uh, yeah, you guys have been going up there a few years, so you got a little bit of experience on that lake coming into this tournament. Uh, going into the morning of the tournament, man, how would your
1: day start? Um, well, like you said, we're talking East Harbor. I didn't fish West Harbor until last year because East Harbor was just so busy with anglers the previous years. Um, I used to fish, like, weed lines and deep channels in there. Next thing you know, everybody's fishing those. You know, the next year I won one there and I said I was fishing the channels and the deep weed lines and stuff. And next year I go up there, I'm like, man, there's a lot of people in this channel. So (laughs) I didn't do very well that year. Um, And then I was like, I got to go to West. So last year I scouted West and uh, I found a really, really good spot. And then this year I was like, I'm going to go pre-fish that spot because it was the same time, same part of the season i'm gonna go fish it and nothing i went through it with a fine tooth comb and it was a pretty big grass flat and i didn't really get i didn't get anything until i hit this one particular area and it was like a 14 incher next two casts another 14 incher and i was like man maybe this is where they're at they moved a little bit so i left i went and fished my previous spot no fish Came back, first cast, boom, 17 and a half, 17 and three quarter, 17 and a half. I'm like, man, maybe they're concentrated right here because every time I catch a fish, I waypoint it. You know, and that way every time I go up there, I have those waypoints of where I caught fish. So I can go fish history if I don't find anything new. So I made a fourth pass through my area and I caught another fish. And I'm like, all right, I'm done. And That was Thursday. I fished from like 8 to (laughs) 2. And Friday I fished East Harbor. I didn't do very well. And I said, well, I listened to your podcast last time with Sean Stone. And he said at Rocky Fork, he was either going to catch him or he wasn't getting skunked. So I was like, well, I'm going back to my spot. And I'm just going to sit on it. And I'm going to roll the dice and go for the win. So... They were there first thing in the morning. I had a limit by six thirty-five. Wow. I had, like, had eighty three inches by six thirty five, I think. It was like <laughs> three other casts, boom, fish on, fish on. So Boom,
0: baby. That's awesome, it was, man.
1: It was nice, man. When you have a plan like that and it works, yeah. man, there's nothing better than that on a tournament day. Oh man, that's awesome. What about you, Sean?
2: I think uh so my first out of the five years I've been first two years I fished east uh, last two years I fished west and um, this year I had planned on fishing west from the start I went to um, I went to east for practice uh, buddy came up with me he was probably he was planning on fishing east and uh, we had got up kind of you know in the afternoon on friday weren't really gonna have a lot of time to practice so we set up camp we just um went out from the campground ramp to fish east just to just to horse around out there i had a put up a decent limit and practice there but um
1: yeah you had a pretty good limit there
2: just you know, right at 80 inches um, i just felt like um, west suits me better i had a maybe I knew what I was going to do there. I knew um I had basically a two-part plan. Same plan I had the last 2 years uh 2 years ago I got I had to cut the t- my tournament a little bit short because of um judging um issues and those sorts of things which was costly. Last year I uh, had made some mistakes. Um didn't fish real clean. This year I um fixed those mistakes and uh fish spotless clean which is huge in a tournament like this and when you got 132 guys that can any one of them can win this thing and and, i mean from all over the country and it's just uh you have to fish clean so um first part of my plan uh i mean basically just it went as planned. I maybe got out of the area a little bit later and into the second part of my plan later in the day than I thought I would because it went well. And then making that move was hard to do, but it was, I felt it was necessary and it ended up paying off. I mean, it was where I called, you know, I called for the fish to take the lead, chasing Hannigan all day long. I had a limit fairly early in the morning too, not as early as he did. I think I had my limit in the in the 720 730 range and then uh, made my move to my other spot about 11:30 in the tournament and uh, made about a mile run and uh, immediately started to pay off so oh yeah it, it's fun um yeah you know, last two years uh, seeing some of the same names up there kind of going back and forth in this tournament it's a lot of good it, it's a lot of fun I mean. The, ter- the, the platform of Tourney X, the format of being able to have that live scoring and the fact that everybody's, for the most part, uses it, it's just, it's a blast. It's a blast for the anglers. It's a blast for the people at home that couldn't make it, uh, our families, whatever. So,
0: yeah, it's pretty cool. that your wife or your kids at home could follow you. Right. Like the whole right. time you're out at the tournament, you know, your wife could be rooting you on or you know, trying to give you some advice or motivate you a little bit to to, to push harder. So another question, I don't want to give away your spots because I know you guys are competitors and uh, I wouldn't want to give away my spots. But say it's the first time, think a few years ago when you first went to East Harbor or West Harbor or really any lake for that matter. How would you go about dissecting that lake, finding finding your spots, finding your honey holes?
1: Hmm. That's a good question. Um, Nothing beats time on the water. Mm -hmm. So um, I highly recommend pre-fishing if you can do it. Sometimes you fish the lake before. You might not have to get there. You might be able to rely on some past history. But East Harbor, you look at the maps, you look at Navionics, there's no contours. It's like four feet, five feet all the way around it. There's no lines. Oh, yeah so even west harbor has some at the mouth some lines but they die off so you don't really know i think a good place to start is google uh, google earth you can go to google earth and see satellite photos you can even there's a you can scroll into history and take it different times of the year so i would look at history based on um you know like hey it's july i mean look past month, past years in july and see how the weeds are growing you can see the weeds on a satellite so you know where the holes are going to be you know or if you want to fish the weeds go you know you know where the pads are going to come up you can do all that on to go on google maps so i use a, a combina- combination combination <clears throat> of uh, navionics and google maps i think a lot of people do that too because i didn't think of it i just hear people saying what they're doing so head again,
2: oh. John he he covered that pretty good i mean the first place i go is the map and i mean like obviously on those lakes out there it's pretty like he said it's just there's no good it's not showing you contours and whatnot i mean i go to a map on a typical lake that i don't know um or i've been to for the first time i'm i'm on the map first and then doing some map study and the googler thing too like he like he said you can find out you know, maybe, uh, watercolor differences between the upper and lower ends. You can figure out weed lines. Does the lake have pads? Does the lake have grass? Does it have rock, um, rock banks. What's the bank look like? Is there a bunch of lay downs? Is there some standing timber? Um, I mean, just never seeing a lake, you know, starting there and then and like <laughs> maybe pick out a few idea, a few areas that you maybe want to focus on. Um, uh, maybe I'm looking on a map for, uh, this time of year maybe i'm looking for channel swings or uh you know channel swings close to points shallow water close to deep water mm. looking for some features that i want to like check out when i go there and then um when i do get there it's just uh you know picking you know i picked out my launches already that are close to whatever closer to whatever areas i want to check out and that's where i start and i mean if uh hopefully i can find some information out from that and like Hannigan said, if you're not on the water, you got to be on the water. I mean, there's no substitute for that. Um, some some tournaments you don't get the luxury of practicing, um, and you're going in cold. And you know, it's and at that point, it's and with any tournament anyway, it's adaptability. I mean, like it's just uh, half the time when you got a plan, it doesn't always work out exactly how you want it to. Anyway, and then it's the adaptability part that comes in. this this last tournament for me i had a plan um didn't practice it i felt like it would i would be able to execute it okay as long as and it was a tougher bite than it was the year before Mm -hmm. and um it just you know it i just really i think that's where the clean fishing part came in i think there were people that probably could have had a chance to be up there and take a shot at winning the thing but maybe they lost a good one or lost a couple of good ones and i didn't lose anything i hooked 20 keepers in the tournament and they got they all got my boat so
0: what do you
1: mean by clean fishing exactly
2: just uh you know not losing fish um you know whether
1: it's off the boards don't let them flip yeah. off the board you get a bite you got to land that fish
2: i mean you know making sure you have hooks you know if hook sets that are getting your fish in the boat I mean, like, I've had, you know, in the past, and you learn from mistakes, if if you've chosen the wrong requ- equipment for that day, or maybe the wrong wrong rod action, or that sort of thing, you you might question those sorts of things after a tournament, and then try to correct it for the next tournament, that's basically, and, and that's the whole goal, fishing clean, you don't want to lose fish, everybody loses, and sometimes you're going to lose fish anyway, I mean, it's just, it's the way it is, but to try to eliminate as many things as you can as many things that could go wrong is is you know key and also i found out another important trick this season is the uh, you should not buy into that a banana in the boat's bad luck because i i had two bananas in my boat this this past weekend and it wasn't it wasn't unintentional
1: <laughs> what, about, what about that time you put a banana in my boat <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah. The one time uh, we uh, we might have had a few adult beverages, and then uh, camped the night before, and I might have snuck a banana under the under the seat of Hannigan's boat, and then he ended up having a, a top five finish. So, <laughs> wow.
1: I, I and the only thing I was mad about, because I don't believe in that superstition stuff, is. Mm. I didn't see it when I was out on the water to eat it, cause I was hungry out there. And they're eat, they're the bananas, the best kayak snack. Think about it. You can just throw five of them in the, in the boat, and if they get wet, so what? It's got a peel on it. Just peel it off, right? Yeah. That's why they're bad luck. I don't get that either. But the piggyback off what of Skidmore said I missed one fish in that event. I had a semi decent hook set. This the fish jumped. They look good. It might have been between like 16 18 it spit the hook on the first jump i missed one other bite um i had 10 fish that i had took pictures of that were keepers and then i probably like once i got to like 11 o'clock i think my smallest was 16 and a quarter so i was throwing back 14s and 15s you know Mm -hmm. when i got them so like fishing clean is key and and Another thing is efficiency when you're out there. Have your rods that you plan on throwing. You're not retying baits. Every time you retie a bait, is a minute, maybe a minute. You got to dig through your tackle boxes to get it. That's like two casts, you know, and it's a percentage game. You might be catching a fish one percent of the time. So that's a hundred casts you need to make to get one fish. And if you're messing around in your boat, not being efficient you're going to miss time out with the worm in the water. You know what I'm saying? That's good advice. Um, you guys mentioned about the fish
0: coming off the board. Now, I had a 14 come off the board that morning. And then uh, what I did was I took my net, and where I set that board down in my lap, I put that net, because I'm in a Hobie PA, um, <clears throat> I set that net right against the H-rail. Yep. And uh, I did catch a uh, another 14 that I did score, and he actually flopped off the uh off the board and I caught him in my net. So what do you guys do to keep them bass from flopping off the board? Cause sometimes they just come up, they're so feisty. Um,
1: I like your idea. Um I have a I have I I have a Hobie PA fourteen too. Mm-hmm. I put the board down in the boat, I don't put it on my lap. That's a big mistake, I think, putting the board on your lap. Oh, I put yeah. it I mean, you look at all my pictures, they're all pretty much the same. The board is in the boat um i'm up on top of the fish i got four identifiers in the picture in case the sun is blocking one of them mm-hmm. i'm not getting dinged for missing a, having a bad identifier i yeah. put the right side of the trough on the uh gunwale of the boat and it leans the fish down in it pushes the mouth up against the bump board i lost one fish since i've had my hobie one, one. Jump out. i keep my hand on it so you know, I get, I grab the fish. I net, I net all my fish. I don't care if it's a 12 inch or if I need a keeper, I net it. And then, um, I'll hold on to it, get my camera out. I can shake my phone. I can just shake it and the camera comes on. Then I put the fish on the board. And then the first thing I do, I just put it on the board and get a picture of it with my hand on it. And then I try to make sure it's mouth is closed. I put my hand on it, get a picture. Then I try to get with my, the hand on it. And then I might you know, position the tail where it gets me that extra quarter inch, take a picture. And then the last one I try to get is my hand off the fish with his mouth closed, tail laying flat, because if the tail's up, you're gonna get docked. <laughs> it's like a four step process, four pictures of fish. Mm-hmm. And and that, they just don't the Hobie with the those with the how deep it is and then the H rails on top, it's tough to lose a fish off if you have the board on if you have the board on the bottom of the boat. That's good advice, man. Uh,
2: I usually, I mean, probably similar for me. I mean, like, I, everybody's probably got their own system. Like, I also have a PA-14. Um, I, I put that, you know, I, I'm the same as Hannah. Again, I put the uh, cradle end of the board down on the left side of my boat, down in the boat. So, it's kind of sloped down a little bit anyway. So, it kind of gives, that natural slope kind of gives the bass, you know, kind of slides the bass towards the the, the fence end anyway and mm-hmm. helps you with you know making sure the mouth is touching make sure the mouth's closed um i'm you know i i uh i, I mean i don't i don't have the net the safety enough that i still have never lost a fish out of the hobie you know with that fence oh. that fence end down in the boat it's um it's gonna take a pretty good kick kick for a fish to get up over that a trail i have not had that happen to me yet i lost the fish um out of a, a a compass last year in a river tournament but uh it was it was kind of on me i mean mm. and it wasn't gonna probably make a difference in that tournament but um
1: you think do you feel like the fish is calmer i feel you ever see when the fish flops around and it goes down into your um mirage drive hole yeah it's down there nose first it never moves once it's down in there i feel like it's calm whenever its face is up against something i feel um.
2: like i that's another thing about the fence down in the boat kind of sloping up onto the other end of the boat i feel like the uh i feel like that the bass maybe it, to me it seems like it is a little calmer with and, you know being sloped down a little bit and also i would think i i tend to feel like it's always easier to put, to photograph a bigger fish than a smaller fish yes Mm. and it seems like they're a lot more cooperative and i'm and i'm a person that wants to get i want the fish photographed and back in the water quickly like as quick as i can get them back in the water Mm. um and and so you know when i when i have a fish in the boat i net the fish up i uh i'm into everything my phone and my identifiers together in my center storage right under my legs so i'm right Immediately grab that identifier first, put it where I want it in position, um, get my camera on, and then I put the fit, you know, get the board wet, and then put the fish on the board um, and try to get that. The camera's already open, so I'm snapping a quick pick. And like Hannigan said, I'll get a quick pick. And then my second pick will be trying to get a little bit more. If I can get another quarter inch out of it, and then that's, that's when I'll make that move. But at least if I fail and lose the fish or something like that, I have gotten the first pick anyway. So.
0: Oh, wow. That's a lot of good information, man. Um, So another thing too, <clears throat> a lot of people were complaining about the fishing this year versus the fishing last year, the years before, how it's been so good in the past. It was so hard this year. And I actually asked Kurt Smith uh, yesterday, the same question. Well, how, what do you guys think that is? Like, why do you think the fat fishing was worse this year than it's been in the past?
1: Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna go a couple things. I think the water is up two two feet. Mm-hmm. I think it was up two feet in west. I don't. It doesn't even make sense that it's up two feet in west. And three, I thought it was up three feet in east because I fished docks in east and they were maybe the water was down low those times I fished those docks, but I could throw I could throw anything under those and easily. I'm not sometimes very good caster flipping docks. I don't flip docks that often, but mm-hmm. um, they were at the this one dock in particular. I always would hit. It was like when I first started fishing East Harbor, I caught fish under it, so I always hit it, and it was underwater. I couldn't even throw underwater. I couldn't even throw under, and I was shocked. And even there's a there was a metal break wall too around the dock, and you couldn't even see it. So. Um, I think that was part of it. It might have uh, made people maybe move the fish where they're normally not. They have more water to swim in. You know, they're not as concentrated. Um, Maybe pressure. I mean, 132 guys up there. uh, I think a lot of them got up there pretty early, pre-fish. Maybe that was the cause of it. And I don't know, it was hot. That water temperature was 80-some degrees. That's hot. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it was, it was a warm, it was warm. And maybe, you know, I know we're hitting this tournament. Uh, I think, I don't know if we've ever hit the tournament quite this late in July. Um, we usually hit it in July and it's not, you know, at the most, maybe a week or two later than we typically might hit it, but that's another week or two of, you know, bass tournaments pressure. I feel like, um, I don't know. It could be anything. Pressure. I know there were some guys that practicing, like Hannigan said early. Um, I mean, but you're gonna deal with that in Ohio. You're gonna deal with that anywhere. But we got a lot of uh, we got a lot of anglers in Ohio, and not it's not the uh, awesome bass lake capital of the world. Um, There's a lot of good lakes here. They just see a lot, a lot of pressure. It's a it's a it's a state that a lot of people love to bass fish in. So um i think that water uh the water fl- the water being up i think it made i think it could have changed some behavior and things like that for sure obviously those both of those lakes i think there's very big i think there's a big uh fisher definitely um i think current controls and mm-hmm. has is plays a big factor in both of these harbors and uh the fish behave differently in relation to that so um i mean i don't i i didn't really pay a lot of attention to the wind directions going into this tournament maybe honestly maybe didn't prep you know 100 percent as well as i could have just because i was so busy with work um, going into the tournament but um
1: you mean you have another job besides professional fishing
2: <laughs> i do but uh i think um I don't know. There's there's a lot of factors, but you know, you just you get out there and you just uh, hopefully you get a plan before you go in, hopefully your plan works. If it doesn't, you adapt and hopefully you adapt quick enough. And
1: scrolling scrolling Facebook before like after the event, a lot of people are saying my my pattern fell apart on Saturday. And when you go out and pre fish, you don't see the anglers all the time that you see during a tournament. So you basically got the lake to yourself. And then you get out there and you're like Crap! A guy's like you got a plan A, and you get the plan A first, then you're like, I'm gonna to go to plan B, and you go to plan B, and there's three anglers in your spot, and you're like, well, now I just paddled all the way over here. What am I gonna do? So that's the that's the tough part of kayak fishing. You know, you don't get to zip around like you do in a bass boat. And typically, I try to fish my way to a spot. Maybe I'll get lucky and grab, you know, catch a bonus fish on the way to the spot, and that way, if I'm just pedaling. And not fishing, I'm not going to catch anything 100% of the time. So like, it comes back to efficiency is getting that, getting that line in the water. Well, Can't catch fish
2: if your line's not in the water.
1: That's yeah. true. That's true. I read uh, Kurt Smith's blog, you know, about him. Uh, he started in west, went to east, went back to west. Man, that's ballsy. You know, mm-hmm. he did pretty well, too, you know, so he had some spots. I think he was, I don't know when he was up there pre-fishing, but I know he was up there pretty uh, earlier in the week, I think. But, uh, you know, he went, he he had some spots and he wasn't afraid to go to target those spots. And that, I haven't dumb. done it yet in an event. I haven't done it where I pulled out of a lake. I usually just commit and just suck it up and fish it. But maybe I might try that next time.
0: See, that's what I'm afraid to do, because I've thought about that before, too. Like, you're not doing good in the spot, you're in the tournament, you only got eight hours, and you're thinking, man, it's going to take at least a half an hour, 45 minutes maybe, to get my kayak loaded, get it on the car, get to my next spot, unload, get on the water. So, I've never, like you said, I've, I've never wanted to risk that, because that's like 45 minutes to an hour, you're losing off the tournament just doing that. Yep. But. I mean, it can pay off too if you're in a crappy and, spot and you go but to. But how, how do you know
1: what you're going to get when you get there? That's the bad part of the kayak. I and mean, there's 132 guys in this event. Yeah. Like, you. I was a. I never left my spot, and like I have left spots, and I go around a bend, and there's three kayakers there, and I'm like, dang it, my my second spot's blown up. But you know, efficiency. When you go, if you're going to do that, you better have a quick plan to load up and lock your kayak in and get to that next lake, and then get it back into water. Like I see a, I see a lot of guys that put their rods in their car, they put sleeves on them, you know, they, you know, they take all their stuff out of their boat because they're afraid they're going to lose it. I just throw it in the back of my truck, rods in it, everything's in it except the tackle. And I throw that in the back seat. I can use one. Ratchet strap and I'm gone if I don't have to go far. I haven't done it yet, but I'm out on the water fishing and I'm like, how can I get to that spot faster? You know, what's the most efficient way for me to save time to get to that new spot if I gotta take pack up and leave? And my plan was to fish two hours and if I didn't if I caught a couple of fish and the bite died down, then I was gonna go to East Harbor to make it look respectable and fill out a limit. Mm-hmm. But luckily I I filled out the limit pretty quick. Oh, wow. So uh, let, we're going to take
0: a commercial break. We'll be right back. And I want to go into maybe some of the lures you like to throw out there. Just some general stuff you like to throw in East Harbor, West Harbor. We'll be right back. And here's a word about our new sponsors. Venom Lures in Lancaster, Ohio. Venom Lures is known for their great soft plastics and terminal tackle. They have been providing quality products from right here in Ohio since 1984. Mr. Dustin Carnes is the new owner and inventor of the DK rig. It's a weedless version of the Ned rig that's taken the fishing world by storm. You can check them out at venomlures.com. Our next sponsor is Strictly Sail. Strictly Sail is located on Kenwood Road in Blue Ash, Ohio. They sell Hobies, New Canoe, Feel Free, and Three Waters Johnny Boat. They have been providing high quality service to fishermen and watercraft enthusiasts since 1978. Reach out to Brian Tacey at 513-984-1907 or check them out at Strictly Sail, Inc. Dot com. all right we are back so you guys are out of east harbor you guys have a few years fishing out there what's some lures some baits you like to throw out there
1: i'll go first what the heck <laughs> um, <laughs> i cut my teeth on uh sankos man and then i started throwing swim sankos weightless in the spring i do very well on those um but man, I'm not a very I don't think I'm a very good angler. I got a few tricks up my sleeve and that's it and I apply them everywhere. Mm-hmm. I like to throw shaky heads, I like to throw crankbaits, I like to throw ned rigs and I like to throw jigs. That's pretty much it and I started throwing an underspin and a swim bait. My hookup rate isn't that good. If I had to catch a fish on a on a chatterbait, man, not very good. Man, so, chatterbaits try- are great. Everybody crushes them. Everybody crushes them. And on West Harbor last year, I caught my first fish on a jackhammer, and that's how I found my spot. I caught an eighteen and three quarters in pre-fishing on a jackhammer, and I was like, "Man, I committed I spent whatever seventeen dollars on a jackhammer. I'm like, I'm gonna throw this, and I'm gonna throw it till I catch a fish. So I kept fishing with it, and I finally caught something on it. Um, but, uh. Other than that, I caught maybe four fish on a frog my entire life. Wow. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not afraid to admit it. And even in uh, pre-fish, I went out on East Harbor. We were out there at like 545. I'm like, I'm throwing a frog until it gets light. Like my fifth cast, a big blow up. I waited. I, I waited like, I don't know. It felt like an eternity for I set the hook. I'm like, is this still on? Is this still on? And I set the hook. And it was on, and I missed it. And I'm like, man, see, these. everyone tells me how hard it is to catch, like, land the fish on a frog. And my inexperience on it, it just th- didn't work out. So um, those are the baits I like to use. Um, I always have stuff tied on. My, I bought a Whopper Popper once, and it took me like three weeks to throw it. My wife saw me bring it in, and she's like, why'd you buy that? You're not going to throw it. <laughs> so that's about it. That's what I like to use we're talking
2: uh we're talking about out of east west uh what do we like to throw i think yeah uh, like
0: i like i threw a like worm finesse worms most of the time i know that's real popular up there because all the weeds
2: i like uh i like sometimes a soft jerk bait um i like uh i used to spend a lot of times in east skipping docks um now that the water's up that's kind of gone i mean that's kind of gone away uh or gone by the wayside i don't Getting under most of those docks now isn't possible, um, so I uh, I don't do as much of the the um I do I do throw it still a little bit, but I like between the two lakes I like I like to throw those I like you know Hannigan Turn on of the Ned rig here a few years back um i like the Ned rig obviously uh, everybody throws that now i mean it's uh the cat's yeah. out of the bag on that one we uh we we reaped the benefits of that for a couple of years around here in ohio where not a lot of people were doing it um, but uh, you know in the shaky head i mean i i throw you know in this I, at heart i'm a power fisherman i like to throw moving baits i like to throw crank baits i, I came in when i came into the kayak game I was known as somebody that threw crankbaits like relentlessly. Um, I I still do throw a lot of crankbait. I do throw a lot of other stuff now. This year, every year is different, and the fish dictate what I want to do. And every year, it seems like I have something that I like. That is, I have different go tos every year, it seems like. And each year, it's like you get
1: a new tool in the toolbox, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
2: um, you know, out, out there, I mean, I, I spend, I mean, I, I, I like to throw the, I like the chatter bait. I like to throw, um, I will throw a frog some. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like to, you know, I'm not, I am a power fisherman at heart, like I said, but in Ohio you get used to, you better maybe want to mix in some finesse game. Uh, Cause you might have to use it in the middle of the day, you know, when the tournament's, you know, it's 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock and, it's the middle of summer and it's 88 degrees and the water temperature is 88 degrees and there's trap boat traffic traffic everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll tend hard. to um go to a finesse you know style, you know shaky head or something like that. Um out there at east and west, uh what else do I like to throw? I mean, I did crank some this past weekend and and caught fish on a on a square bill.
1: It's crazy throwing a crankbait in there.
2: Um, oh i didn't even want to try it it was so weedy in east harbor i will i will even crank in east um i didn't do well cranking in east in practice but i did catch some fish cranking in west in the tournament but i mean i i said at the um you know at the measurement i said what i did you know i i spent a lot of the day with the chatterbait and i in the afternoon i when it felt like uh maybe i was starting to get a little more desperate for uh, i'm gonna have to get another 18 inch to have a chance here yeah gonna have to leave move to this plan b and see if i can get something on the shaky head of the crankbait and it paid off at that point um the waters i was fishing at that point were maybe not quite as well for the didn't quite work with the chatterbait quite as well but i think uh i don't know what else i mean that's I, I did throw a swim I do like to throw swim baits. Um I didn't I did we'll throw a,
0: swim baits, baits, hard or soft?
2: Soft swim baits. I don't I don't throw a lot of the big stuff up here in Ohio. I mean like I, I do have some bigger stuff, but I don't have a lot of the big jointeds. I mean like I know uh I know I would like to maybe get a little bit more into that game, but yeah. In Ohio, like I said, I mean, if I was maybe down south a little bit, maybe I'd throw some of that bigger stuff, you know, when fish are eating those, you know, eight-inch shad and stuff like that. I know they eat them up here too, but. and uh, I So you think the bass around here, there or six-inch slim baits or less, you know, anywhere from, you know, three-and-three-quarters to six-inch slim baits is what I throw here. So Soft you like,
0: guys like to use smaller type lures instead of the real big ones up here in Ohio? I don't so throw anything good. over five inches.
2: For me, maybe the biggest one I, I use six inches. For me, up here is the biggest I'll probably throw like in a tournament.
1: Wow. I feel like you um, eliminate some. I don't know. Maybe a smaller fish will eat it, but maybe they're intimidated. But in a tournament, and it goes back to what Sean Stone said: going for the home run versus striking out. I like to hit single sometimes, <clears> which <throat> may be my fault, but I'm going to throw something a little bit smaller to appeal to maybe like the. 15 to 18 inch class, you know. In a lot of our tournaments, you look at the stats, sometimes 45 inches wins an event. Oh yeah. Know? So that's 15 inch average, you know. What's a is a 15 inch average going to eat an 8 inch swim bait? Yeah, but not that often, I don't think.
0: I've caught have, um 12 inch bass with 10 inch worms.
2: Oh so okay. I've caught I've caught I've caught 12 inch bass on 6 inch swim baits. I mean, and they and it's they've choked on it. I mean, like, it's – I'm not scared to throw – you know, and the other thing, too, is, like, uh, as far – this time of year, I know, like, this year's shad spawn, like, at this point. Um, I I did see in East and West Harbor, I saw fish on smaller shad this year's hatch, probably. Mm. Um, I tend to, like, maybe like to scale down in the summertime. I mean, I like to throw bigger stuff in the spring and fall. Maybe I go a little bit smaller uh in the summertime as far as if i'm trying to imitate shad or something like that
0: you gotcha what's your guys' biggest bass of all time out there at east harbor west harbor and then what's your biggest bass of all time anywhere
1: I caught my first 20 inch five pound bass wow east harbor and um <laughs> i didn't even throw a bait caster at this point i was when I started man, I was terrible. I got a lot I got a lot of information off Skidmore, uh, you know, and you know, he uh I fished a lot with him when I first started. I, we met on OGF. He sold my buddy a kayak. I thought the kayak was junk cuz my buddy was going to get a wet ass in it. And we met and my buddy didn't even have a truck to pick it up. It wasn't
2: a bad boat.
1: It wasn't a bad boat. He <laughs> like he got
2: a good it was, year it was out. My wife's. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so anyway, we met and uh we talked a lot of fishing and then we kept talking on OGF and I was like, I'm getting a new boat. I'm getting a Jackson Kayak Big Rig. He's like, I'm getting a Koose H D. Next thing you know, I bought my wife a Koose H D, so she if she if I took her out and she enjoyed it and was comfortable, I would get the fish more. So I <laughs> bought her a boat too. But um Jeez. I met Skidmore. I didn't even throw a baitcaster. I was throwing Sankos nonstop on uh spinning gear. And I'd be setting a hook like I was gonna fall out of the boat, you know, just to try to get it. But uh, I caught my first five or five pounder at East Harbor, and then my biggest um I'll tell you the lake, but um a dude, Mike Arp, a guy in Columbus, he I met him, he was cool, he kept wanting to say, Hey, let's go fishing, and finally it was December. In the middle, like December 16th, I went fishing with him or somewhere in the middle of December, and we went down to Hargis Lake, and I caught a, uh, it was like 21 and three quarters. It was uh, five pounds, 13 ounces in the middle, like in the middle of December. That was my biggest bass.
0: What'd you catch that one on in December?
1: A uh, a bladed jig, or not a bladed jig, but a blade bait. Okay. Boy, what about you, Sean? My biggest at East Harbor,
2: West Harbor, uh, East West Harbor. My biggest. I can honestly, I I don't think I've. I think those two eighteen seven fives I caught this past weekend are probably as big as I've caught size wise there. Wow. Uh, I can't think of. I, I mean, in the limited time I, I've been there, you know, five, for five years, but only once a year, so mm-hmm. I haven't had a ton of time on the water, and it's always been in the summertime. I don't. I haven't gotten anything bigger than that lengthwise there, as far as all time goes. I think since I started measuring fish, since I came from the bass boat world, I uh, my longest measured was twenty two and a quarter, and my long, my big, my heaviest by weight was seven even. The seven even I got this year wow. uh, in the spring.
1: So, that cruel fish you caught in a spring fling
2: yeah and that fish was uh as crooked Dang. as a fish is i mean it's unfortunate that it was as crooked as it was because the fish weighed seven pounds but
1: you didn't need the inches it no. uh
2: it wasn't a real straight fish I.
1: uh it was kind of messed up a little bit kind of had, formed. Had,
2: should have had a little more length to go with the weight but uh, he uh, he,
1: took, he took first place in the bkft spring fling yeah. and he caught the fish in there so if you go out and look at the results You'll see this this fish with scoliosis, and it was big. His hand, he looked like a little guy holding that, well, he is a little guy, but his hand was <laughs> small on that fish. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, I know you guys have been fishing for a long time, and I talked to Sean earlier, and he mentioned you guys had a funny story about how you guys first met and started fishing together.
1: <laughs> my wife Chris here, can tell it better. My wife's here. She's laughing at it. Maybe I'll get her to chime in, but... uh you know, uh, you know, like I told you earlier, my my buddy bought a boat off, and we talked, and he, you know, pretty cool. And we then we, I don't even know how we started talking on OGF over the private. You, you,
2: you invited me to be on your guys' kayak wars team.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We did kayak wars, and he he accepted. I'm like man, cause talking to him, he's like I fish in a bass boat. I'm like dude, I've never even seen a bass boat, and I'm like this dude's gonna be on our kayak wars team. We got a ringer. We're gonna be set. So, anyway, we started talking about kayak wars, and uh, you know, I don't even know if kayak wars is going on, but it was pretty fun when you first started. But uh, he invited me to go fishing, and uh, I'm like, all right, I'll go fishing. He's like, well, we'll meet meet me at Cowan Lake, and I'm like, all right, I'll meet you at Cowan Lake. And I tell my wife, I'm like, hey, um, I'm gonna go <laughs> fishing this Saturday at Cowan Lake. She's like, well, where's that? And I'm like, I don't know. I gotta Google it. And she's like, who are you going with? I'm like, I don't this dude I met. She's like, What do you mean this dude you met? <laughs> I'm like, This dude I met, he, he sold my buddy Charles a boat. And I've been talking to him and he invited me to go fishing. I think I can gain some tips off him if I go. She's like, Man, tell me where you're at. Give me, you know, keep your phone, keep your phone on you at all times. What's that, babe? I need an yeah, she's like, addresses, where are you going? She's like, he's like a crazy <laughs> killer. I need to know where to find you if he kills you. And I'm like, man, it's going to be cool. It's going to be cool. I think he's cool. So we go down to Cowan Lake, and I got five rod. I got four spinning rods with me. I got a medium heavy, and I got a two mediums and a medium light. And I like that medium light because I can cast it real far. <laughs> And I got these, and they're $60 combos I bought at Dick's. They're the quantum combos. And, I, and I'm i thinking, man, I spent a lot on fishing rods. Man, I got <laughs> rods and reels that one rod, one reel together is twice that, you know. So I go there, and uh, we go out fishing. Skidmore probably caught like nine or ten fish. I don't know. He caught a bunch. And he's cranking. I don't even have a crankbait in my box. And I'm throwing Sanko's. And uh, at kayak wars at the time, you had to catch a 16-inch bass or better to, um, to score it. And yeah. I caught one 16-inch bass on the nose, and I was so happy. I was like, I think, would you? How many did you catch that day? Like four or five skidmore?
2: Uh something like that. It was well, uh,
1: I came home, and I didn't die. I called you like 20 times. And My wife called me a bunch of times while I was fishing.
2: <laughs> but she still does that. Yeah, I <laughs> wear a
1: piece, so that's that's another good thing. I yeah. wear a piece, and my wife calls me like soon she wakes up. You know, she works weekends. We get a sitter. I pay ten dollars an hour to fish these events while I'm gone because I gotta pay a sitter. Yeah. So my uh my wife will call me before she goes to work. I'll talk to my kid a little bit, and I'll say, hey, check the leaderboard for me who Where's skidmore because i always judge my events based on where skidmore finishes if i beat him i had a good event he's like because <laughs> you know, i fish with him he's always he always does well you look at bkft st- standings the last x amount of years he's always at the top and i said you know she'll call me so i'll get information off of her like where people are at in the standing so i fish I beat 130 anglers, and the one dude that beat me is him. So based on my normal thing, I didn't even have a good tournament because I didn't beat Skidmore. <laughs>
2: I mean,
0: you guys I, were I was, neck and neck, man. It was it was I was, just out.
2: I was I just out in the boat. I was literally out in the boat. Like I'm like, Hannigan's in first. He's got a good lead. I was like, please, guy, let me hold on. I'll t- I was like, just I'll, I'll take second place. I'll, if Hannigan can win this thing, I'll take second place.
1: Yeah, that's why I, like, him, him, like, Skidmore, like, so, I was winning, and then Skidmore, when I first submitted, the only big name I saw up top was Cody Milton, I'm like, crap, that dude's good, he knows this area, and then my wife, I text my wife, I was like, I got pretty good inches, check the board at 930, that's when I'm going to upload my fish, because I felt like that's when the bite might slow down, so it was like 920, I uploaded my fish, and I had, like, a eight point lead, eight inch lead. And I'm like, I'm in good shape. And then every now and then my wife's like, Skidmore moved up. I'm like, really? And so, um, and then, so after that my wife calls me and she's like, Hey, Sarah, who's Skidmore's wife, she just Cause they're, we're all friends. She's like, Skidmore just said, Skidmore wife just called me and said, Hey, look at the leaderboard. Our boys are battling it out. And my wife called me and told me, and I'm like, what's Skidmore have? I know he's close. He's breathing down my neck. Can this tournament end any sooner? And it was like 9.30 or something, 10 o'clock. And I had like two inches on him, and, or maybe not even that. And then I upgraded, and he upgraded. And I'm like, I think they're going to turn off the scoreboard at like 12.30. So I checked it at 12.27, and I'm like, dang it, Skidmore's got me by an inch and a half. I needed, a, I needed a, like an 18 to catch him which was really going to be tough at that time of the day. An inch, I told, I
2: was, an inch and a quarter lead.
1: Yeah, I was down an inch and a quarter. And I'm like, man, I'm, I, turn, I was listening to I was listening to rap music at that point because I wear the headphones. And I'm like, I just need to relax because there's boats buzzing around me. It was like the morning nature sounds were gone. It was just jet skis and boats. So I'm like, I'm going to listen to some rap music. And then I, after he caught me, I'm like, dang, I took the headphones out, turned off the music. And just really try to concentrate. And that whole time up till 1230, the time went super slow. And that last 90 minutes, blink of an eye because I didn't catch any fish. And I just kept trying to catch him. And that was it. Wow.
0: You guys have a rivalry going on. And it seems yeah. like it pushes you <laughs> both to be a better fisherman. Like yeah. Like it makes you guys both better because you're competing against
1: each other. That's pretty cool, man. Man, I don't even fish near him anymore. I'm like, Skidmore, where are you going? What part of the lake? I'm going to south end. All right, I'm going to north end. Oh, you're going to middle? I'll go to I'll go to the bottom of the lake. Cause yeah, we we I, never I, run
2: we never run into each other in tournaments. We're we're uh we don't want to be around each other. Uh, it's well, like, you, we, we, we got uh, we got a competitive thing going on, and I don't like losing to again. He's one of the people I don't want to lose to, but I'm also really happy when he does. You know, when he does well in tournaments and beats me. You know, it's a it's a good deal. I'm yeah. legitimately happy for him. Like I said, I would have been happy with second, but it worked out, you know, differently. But I'm happy that we both uh, – we've never gone one, two before, and uh, it's pretty awesome to do that with uh, somebody you're that tight with, you know, one of my one of my best buds. Right. So.
1: Yeah, it's a good time with a lot of good people in that event, you know. Like I said, Cody Milton was breathing down my neck. Skidmore was breathing down my neck all morning and then I see Kurt Smith's pop in and I'm like, dang it. I know he's on fish. Yeah. And I was a little bit nervous and I don't know if it, if it got to me, but I just wasn't getting bites. You know, I just, I wasn't like I was missing fish or breaking off or not landing them. I just, my, I have one spot and that spot died off and I didn't leave. Cause I felt like it could turn back on because it had like spots like that in West Harbor have turned on for me before. Um, so I just stuck it out and, you know, if I'm going to lose, I'll be happy to lose a skid more. I, I had a good, pretty good event. I, if I finish an end of money in any of these big events, I'm usually happy to finish second in a 132 person event. Uh, I'm really satisfied with that. Well, that's great, man.
0: So, um, let's go into a segment. I usually ask all my guests, what was your first kayak and I'll start with Chris.
1: All right. My first kayak, so I can talk to you guys all night, but my first kayak, I, I was, you know, I started this game as a kid, maybe fishing for trout, stock trout, and bobber worm fishing. And then my wife and I decided to go fishing one day with a buddy, and it was bobber worm. And then my buddy got into it really good, my buddy Charles, and he went and found Ohio Game Fishing. And he's like, dude, I'm talking to these people. They're telling me where the spots. We're going to go catch an eight-pound bass. I'm like, sweet, let's do it. So I was on that site, and then I found the kayak and canoes stage. So I go into kayak and canoes. I'm like, man, these kayaks are sweet. People have kayaks they're fishing out of. Long story short, I'm like, I'm getting one. I find this sweet deal on Craigslist, and it's from a girl who moved somewhere, and she left it behind her roommate to sell. It was a – a perception Sportcaster 12.5 and i paid 350 bucks for it i got a paddle i got an anchor i got a rod holder with it and i'm like you know even if i don't like this game i can get rid of it for about the same cost probably maybe lose 100 bucks and i can you know at least try this out Mm -hmm. and uh after the first year i got rid of it people always ask what's a good what's a good starter boat well, I don't, there are no good starter boats. It's like how long do you plan? There's like how long do you plan on fishing boats? Because the Sportcaster, I Dick Notta, I told Dick Notta at work, barely talked to Dick Notta before I started kayak fishing, and I said, "Hey, Dick Notta, I got to – Are you still fishing?" He kind of blew me off, like you know how like you're a serious angler, and somebody shows up and say, "I go fishing," and then you talk to him, and they're like, you know, I. I fished for bluegill or something. I'm like, okay, nothing against that. But, you know, you throw a bobber and a worm and you sit on the bank and wait. But I think Nada took me that way. And I said, hey, Nada, I bought bought a fishing kayak. And I just started fishing out of it. I stopped that guy dead in his tracks. He's like, what? I just bought one too. He's like, I'm going to a fishing tournament in Dayton. You want to go? And I'm like, dude, I don't even know how to fish really. And then next thing you know, I'm fishing these tournaments. But it was a Sportcaster 12.5. The next year, I bought a big rig. The Jackson Big Rig first came out. I scooped that up from a now defunct Columbus kayak. I bought my wife a Kusa HD, which I still have. It was not a Kusa HD, but a Kusa Yak Attack version. When that first came out, I still have that. And then I had my big rig. I went down to Strictly Sell, Brian Tacey. He set me up with a demo. Real cool dude, put me out on the water for like two hours, Fish with me. I thought he had a guy scuba diving under there putting fish under me at Cowan Lake because I'm catching fish in this new kayak. My wife's like, if you're going to continue fishing these tournaments, you're stupid if you don't have a Hobie. That day I called Tacy back up and I said, I want a Hobie PA-14. So those, and then I got rid of my big rig and I keep a Coosa HD for the river. So I have three kayaks, Coosa HD, Coosa, and a big rig. And my first one was a generic Dick's thing. And it got me off the bank. It's a oh, good kind yeah. to get you off the bank, but I wouldn't recommend fishing a tournament in it. Yeah. What about you, Sean?
2: I, uh, <clears throat> every, I, that I came from the back, came from the bass boat world. So like <laughs> I, um, when we weren't out in the bass boat, I had a buddy that we'd, uh, we'd go out and wade a lot. I, you know, we weighed some creeks and stuff around here and you know, fish smallies in the Creek. So we, uh, we would always we chatted for about two years about we, we we thought about getting fishing kayaks. We didn't realize that there was even trails that existed at that point, or I, I mean, I guess you know we we just finally pulled the trigger. We just finally one year we talked about it for about two years. One year we decided to pull the trigger. We went and bought a couple of boats. My my first boat was a Ocean Kayak Trident an 11 and a half Angler. And, uh, <laughs> And I did uh, I did replace the seat with a uh, aftermarket seat, which was a little bit more comfortable. But uh obviously kayaks come a long way since then and it was a you know, especially with the seats, you know, like with uh, I would say anybody getting into kayak fishing, like do not if you're gonna overlook something, don't look don't overlook the seat. You oh, can yeah. be get a seat that's a a high low, get a seat that you can sit in it like as a chair and that you can sit in it all day long um it, it's just and i and i got i, I i'm not even going to start the list of kayaks i've had, I've, oh, had, I've, had a, I've had a few i've had a few kayaks i have had a lot of different brands i've had natives i've had jacksons i've had a lot of a lot of different brands i did as hennigan did settle into a Hobie pa 14 at some point uh, i guess i don't know maybe it's been five or six years now and uh i'm on my second one and it's in its it's in its, it's, in its, its third season so um probably wow. have to talk to talk to brian tacy here soon again too over at strictly sale get but, that 360
0: uh, drive man That new pa uh, yeah, that's, that's sweet. what i want See, Would it be that, like
2: hundred that, bucks that's in, my, that's in my future um maybe mm-hmm. not in the budget quite yet but it's in my future uh that, that's gonna be the hobie for me was a game changer for the style of fishing that i do mm-hmm. and um for me holding position and those sorts of things and, and and be able to have hands free. And now that the three sixties out, I mean, that's going to be the next step up from that, from what I've got now. So, uh, I'm pretty, pretty happy with where I'm at in that boat. It's different. You know, everybody's different and everybody's got different things they're looking for. But for me, uh, that's the perfect boat for a kayak fishing tournament.
1: Speaking of holding position, I was facing in the wind all day on Saturday in the event. And, I think I paddled 10 miles and I didn't go anywhere. I just sat there and pedaled the whole time, treading water. Didn't go anywhere, didn't anchor up, just sat there facing the wind, pedaling the whole time. That Hobie is total game changer. My buddy was out in the same area in my Jackson Coosa HD. He came over for my drag chain because his drag chain wasn't holding him, so he had put two drag chains down, and he was beat. And then I saw Dick Nauta at the end of the day when it was really windy, and I saw him had a paddle all the way across. I just smiled as I kept fishing because he was working across that, that West Harbor to get up and get to the to the ramp, and I'm glad I had the pedals.
0: It's a game changer, man, definitely. I've seen several people, when that wind picked up in the afternoon, really struggling. And my legs are wore out still because you know you're paddling, you know, and it's pushing you towards the bank. The wind is, and you're just trying to keep off the bank, trying to keep your spot, and it's it's, it could be challenging, that's for sure. So, do you guys have like a crazy fish story? You know, it could be something like funny, something tragic, something scary,
1: something like that. We'll start with Chris. Um, I think Neil Farley. And Sean Skidmore invited me to go fishing on, uh, in, in Dayton. It was after our BKFT season was over. I'm like, sweet, I'll go fishing with you guys. So we go and fish. And I'm like, oh, I have a big rig to take or a COOSA. And they said we might be switching spots. And I'm, like, I'm going to take this my wife's COOSA. So we go and fish. We're fishing all day. We catch a couple of fish. And I'm like, let's go move spots. And I'm like, all right, so we go, we pedal back to where, or paddle back, back then. I was paddling back, and there's this big falling down tree right next to where I'm taking out, Mm. and I cast over the fallen tree, no bites, but it's in a current, so it pushes me up against the big tree, which is fine. I take my paddle, and I'm like, I'm just going to push off as, as hard as I can at a 90 degree angle and go to the shore. Well, I push off of it and my boat goes nowhere. But I go over to the top of the boat. It's like 40 degrees out. I fall in the drink. Water up to my chest maybe. I lost rods. I I'm swimming in rods. I got my phone in my vest. I think I I didn't lose any rods. I didn't. My phone speaker was messed up a little bit. But my day was over. And I drove home in my underwear from Dayton to Columbus. <laughs> and,
2: then, and he got and he was uh, a little more comfortable with his body maybe at the time because he was in his underwear in a in a in a pretty heavily populated area just standing on the street you know getting undressed
1: yeah yeah was just,
2: it was just crazy dude, right, get naked <laughs> yeah
1: i drove home with my phone on my dashboard to try and drive it out with the defrost on high and I was disappointed because they went and caught some good fish, I think, at, after that, and I didn't get to participate. But lesson learned, don't don't think, you know, Sean said it earlier about a, a comfortable seat. My two things whenever I buy a kayak are a comfortable seat and stability. If it's a hog in the water like my big rig was, you know what, I just got to get in better shape so I can paddle it better. That's all. It's not the boat. It's the lazy me not being able to paddle it. So you just gotta work out a little bit. Um, that's my story, man.
0: What about you, Sean?
2: I don't, I don't know, man. I got lots of stories that aren't aren't good for air, but uh, are <laughs> pretty good for around. They're pretty good for around a campfire. But what happened in
1: you know, West Harbor at the event?
2: We're not going there, but uh. <laughs> I mean,
1: Let's like, just. Take I'm oh. sure
2: I have plenty of good stories, but I, the one that a little bit sticks on my head it's kind of a funny one it's not any kind of a crazy story anything like that but it's 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 a Handigan and John story because uh we were I remember uh I believe it was for the KBF Open at that time it was the biggest tournament um biggest kayak tournament ever to date at that time so that might have been I don't know if it was KBF Open 2015 I can't remember what year it was but we were uh, we were doing a little Kentucky lake fishing for the tournament and uh, making our way down some of those uh, land between the lake roads where it, <laughs> uh, where it's just it's a little sketchy. But uh, mm. we're we're it's you know it's it's early in the morning. It's pitch dark. I mean it's just like eerie. There's no other cars around. There's nobody around. We're fishing in an area where we're not dealing with a lot of traffic or any. And we're just going down the road in the morning, and Hannigan's just like, oh, my gosh. Like, I, I feel like we're going to see a cupacharo And I was like, a what? <laughs> he's like, a, a Chupa. I was like, he's like a, a cupacharo And I was like, a Chupacabra? And he was like, yeah. a <laughs> Chupacabra or whatever. He, he said it about five different ways without saying it the right way. And I, was I like can't say it. It is it, it was is. early in the
1: morning.
2: I thought it was hilarious. <laughs>
1: Charo. And then and another, but a better story, well, not a better, but another funny story is this is this is why I don't fish near Skidmore. So we're fishing <laughs> in a tournament, and <laughs> like it's pouring down rain. It's cold. Same I'm in
2: tournament. wait. Huh? Same tournament, too. It was that same I'm tournament. Same day.
1: I'm fishing this bank, and Skidmore's behind me fishing the bank. And uh, I pull over because I got to go to the bathroom, and I had like waiters on, a belt, tons of clothes, and it's like it wasn't happening in the boat. And as I pull over, Skidmore's coming up behind me, and I swear he almost hit my boat with a crankbait and catches what, a 19 incher or something?
2: Wow. I, all I know is I'm reeling in a 19 and a half, and Hannigan's standing there on the shore, just put my
1: pants down, peeing.
2: <laughs> pants down. <laughs>
1: i'm like oh, you catch that. he's looking back over
2: that. his shoulder looking back over his shoulder like dang it skidmore Come yeah. on. <laughs> i just fished that hit that i just hit that spot like 20 times
1: yeah and i'm like i'm done i'm not fishing by you anymore
2: yeah uh, that was that was a pretty That's good funny story. man
0: how <laughs> many years have you guys been doing kayak tournaments how many years have you been with the buckeye trail
1: and that year, I when I got first got my kayak, I fished the last event, which was in Dayton. That might have been like 2004. I got married. What's here? 2019. I got married five years ago. 2014. So maybe 2013. Okay. Uh huh. You started the year after that, Skidmore. Yeah, I did. What was my first year?
2: 2015, 2014? What 2014. 2014. What first-
1: mine was 2013 i think yours was one year after gotcha yeah
2: mine was 2014 was my first year with bkft i had been fishing out of a kayak at that point for a year or two did not realize you know i was real into it with another buddy and uh, uh another friend of mine that doesn't like anything outdoors or anything that has to do with fishing at all said oh hey uh you probably like my buddy Neil. He's got this kayak fishing trail. You know, Facebook friend of his, guy he went to high school with. And I said, "Oh, really?" You know, I was <laughs> into it, and it was BKFT, and I was like, "I don't even know this existed." And I and I got obviously was interested, and uh mm. the next year I uh, or the next season I made sure to I made sure to go. And the first event I fished was uh at that that particular year was the crappie event. Uh, there's always kind of a we have a crappie event each year just because it was kinda stable.
1: a staple.
2: A grassroots tournament for this trail. It was something that people did every year. It was at um, you know, Indian Lake. A lot of people came to it. It was usually open the season as far as in person tournament goes and and so I, I just wanted to go. I, I bought some crappie gear. I didn't want to go crappie fishing, but I wanted to go meet everybody and kind of get an idea what it was like to fish, you know, a trail, a tournament out of the you know out of the kayak um i went and i caught exactly zero crappie in fact i don't even think i caught a bluegill i just uh got completely skunked and was embarrassed but uh i i gotta meet everybody so <laughs> if you, <laughs> guess,
1: you learned a lot about crappie fishing that day to uh, not do it what, <laughs> what not to do <laughs> that's the last i believe that's a one I believe, last, I believe that's last, a one that, tournament that
2: was the last you, one I fished, <laughs>
0: yeah, I believe that's a one tournament. you actually use live bait, right? yeah, yeah use minnows
2: I didn't I refused to. I used the uh, tubes all day and I just couldn't it was more probably about uh, you know technique than it was the the bait I was using that particular day, but yeah, I, that was my last crappie tournament, but it <laughs> was uh, good to meet everybody and uh everybody was real welcoming, and the trails got obviously. The guys are—it's uh, such a great group of guys. It's and it—it it just we continue to add people throughout every season, and it's just always like it's awesome to spend the time with the guys. I mean, that's what makes it. The, yeah, the, the camping might be uh, for the tournament, you know, like the the campfire talk, the stories, all that stuff. I mean, that the camaraderie everybody talks about all the time on Facebook and at these tournaments, and it it really is that is what makes it so different from what i was from what i came from uh it's just the camaraderie is off the charts it's it's awesome Uh, i mean it's a different ball game for sure we're all competitive we still compete but we uh it's not just all about the tournament there's there's other things too so
0: i know i had that first experience actually hanging out with you guys at raccoon creek and I think we stayed up to what 1 a.m. that night, and then had to get up and fish at 5 a.m. So uh, we'll get up to go fishing at five, and uh, that was pretty rough, man. But I had a hell of a time, dude. That was so much fun. And uh, then I that East Harbor event, us sitting around the fire, man. That's, and that's what I really love about the fishing, the trails, and the tournaments is all the people you meet. Um, you know, we're all competing against each other, but we all shoot the breeze, to, you know, drink a beverage with each other, and. You know it's 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 a great community, man, and that's one of the reasons why I'm doing these podcasts, man. I I, uh, I love the community. I want to get the community on here, and um, you just spread the word, man, about kayak fishing. So I don't want to keep you guys all night. So I got one more question for you. What are you guys doing next? What is your next tournament?
1: Um, there's a couple online. I haven't fished online. I don't do very well in online. I like to I like to get on one lake. One area with the guys and compete. Um, I f- I don't really have a good hunting hole, but I'm, I'm kind of thinking maybe I'll do the 18-hour. I got a couple free weekends. My mother-in-law is coming into town, and my wife's like, go fish. So I'm not going to stop that. Um, so I might do the 18-hour one. Um, I don't know if I'll do the overnighter, but I'm definitely doing Atwood Lake. I'm camping. Uh, I I made my camping plans tonight skidmore's camping. I'm looking forward to some bottles being popped and I'm not talking champagne. I'm talking some good beers (laughs) and that's, that's my plan. I try to do all the in-person bass events each year. That's my goal. Um, my wife's very, um, understanding. I like to do this. We make for someone to watch our kid on a Saturday. Um, but, uh, you know, I couldn't do it without her support, so um, I just try to do all the in-persons, and I'll probably be at all the in-persons this year. I got to try to catch Skidmore in the points lead, man. He's got a good lead. He's got three wins this year. It's tough to catch him, but that's what I'm going for.
2: I'm going uh – I'm going – I think my next for sure is uh, Atwater – or Atwood. Atwood Lake, August 17th, BKFT. Um I think that's my next one for sure. I think uh Tacey might have something going on next weekend at Paint Creek, which maybe I can talk my wife and let me do that. Or I wouldn't do not, that one. Or maybe not getting to too mad Creek. at me if I do if I do that one. But uh I think that's probably my next one. I'm looking forward to it. Um, you guys
0: aren't gonna do the overnighter?
1: Uh maybe. I, I
2: probably I would love to. I just don't know if um I just don't know if I wanna overdo it, you know.
0: yeah i know man you can't be out fishing every weekend we all got families and that's hard to do um yeah i'm gonna do the overnighter i'm trying to get a camping spot for atwood but i gotta wait till payday i ain't ain't got the cash for it right now so i'm hoping
1: there's still a spot left by payday
0: if not i might be sleeping in the parking
1: lot or something Uh, on atwood if you need if you need a place to stay at atwood i got a campsite so okay on for that wood event, you can stay with me, man. Oh, really? What? Well, yeah. Nice
2: he's got a giant cabin, Hannigan. Are you, you, <laughs> you better make you sure gotta that.
1: that got to bring your own tent, though.
2: <laughs> I got two tents. I got the um, uh, three-room I tent, see. and then I got a little pole. I, in I, tent.
1: I saw that condo you had with the AC blown in it.
2: Oh yeah. You might want to think about just setting that up and jumping in there.
0: Hey, my buddy, there's three rooms, man. My buddy Jason slept in a room. Um, over from me, and there was plenty of room for us. How long did it take you to set that up? Uh, it took about 10 minutes to set up, it takes about 20 minutes to take down. (laughs) Pretty good. It's easy to set up, it just kind of yeah, it definitely takes two people. You can't do it by yourself, especially when you're taking it down, it needs two people. And uh, you know, it's pretty nice, man. We had the AC going. And man, it was like an icebox in there. When it got too hot during the day, man, I just creeped in there, laid on the bed for a little bit. Man, got nice and cool. Had me a drink, you know. It was nice, man. That's camping. That's camping in luxury that, right there. That's, that's lamping, dude. I want
2: to. I want to say. I want to thank. Um, I want to thank Todd Patrick, um, uh, Rich Peterson, Neil Farley, mm-hmm. Dignata. I want to thank all those guys for doing all the legwork they did, uh, yeah, they did an awesome job. last weekend and putting in the time and the work, you know, with the communication with BK or with a uh, KBF and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I, I know I already have thanked them, but like, that was a really good event. I mean, that was, I thought we did, I thought everybody, I think things went really smoothly at the measure and everything went well. I think everybody had a good time mm-hmm. The the numbers that that event brings is it's pretty awesome um to oh, have right. that here in our state and uh so and I'm glad I love meeting everybody that and talk and seeing everybody again that comes in from out of state for that event.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: uh thank you. Thank you for uh doing the podcast and uh you know doing what you're doing, you know, putting in the work and interviewing us trail guys and stuff like that and promoting the trail and that sort of thing too.
1: Yeah, skidmore getting more wrapped it. up We're good, man. All those guys did a good job. It's not easy hosting an event. It's not easy promoting it, you know, organizing, picking dates. Um, we help with the BKFT trail. Um, we're all volunteers. We make zero money on it. We put them in a lot of time. I did the standings for BKFT last night, took me about three hours to do. So, um, you know, those guys deserve a lot of praise, too, you know, setting up this event.
2: Also, oh, definitely, man. Also, also, congrats to Kurt Kurt Smits for starting off roughing a tournament. Not quitting, coming back from uh, having a tough day to win that pro division, which yeah, is pretty that's saying something.
1: That's so, what you'll see. A lot of the guys are
2: consistent
1: on that. A lot of the guys that are consistent, they never quit early. Even if they're they're not catching any fish, they're out there learning. Every cast is learning something. Every situation, you might finally get a bite at the end of the day and learn something from it it uh rocky fork and a couple guys were way down in the dumps and they're like oh we're gonna we're probably gonna quit i'm like dude do not quit it'll pay off wow that's good stuff man well i appreciate you guys coming on
0: the show man it's awesome i know sean had uh kind of reservations about coming on and i appreciate you powering through it buddy i think you did a great job and you guys both did real good, man, and I think this will be an entertaining podcast, that's for sure. I like you guys' dynamic and the whole rivalry, rivalry thing. I mean, that's pretty interesting. Uh, I definitely look forward to following you guys in the in the future tournaments and events. Just kind of watching that battle between you two guys, man, you know, uh, it's just something you know, else,
1: man. But the rivalry is we still fi- we We still share fishing techniques. At least I share with him, but... I'll still give him like, hey, I'm, try- I'm going to try this new thing, man. What do you think about it? I'm like, yeah, I heard about that too. You know, you know, he's tying on lures Friday night. He's not hiding them from me. I'm like, what are you throwing? What are you tying on there, Sean? Let me see what you got in the kayak. Get out of hey, my got- <laughs> so, We still talk fishing, man. We still talk game. You know, when I was at the national championship, I'm telling him everything. He's like, talking to me about it. You know, what's the water like? This and that. So we're good friends. And then we get on the water. It's completely business, and I root for him if I'm not doing well, and I'm sure he roots for me too. So it's a good friendship, good competition.
0: That's awesome, guys. One last thing I want to mention
1: before we end this is uh, we're
0: talking about the night tournament coming up, man. Make sure anybody's participating in that. You read the rules and regulations. um, Have a light, a 360 light on your boat, uh, and preferably a buddy. You know, sometimes night fishing can be dangerous. Um, you can come up on a stump that you can't normally, you don't normally see. I would also suggest fish at a lake that you know real well. I mean, nighttime can be scary. You never know when Bigfoot's going to come after you, and you want a buddy there. You can or throw a could, Bigfoot that way, she, you can run away. You know, uh, well maybe a will catch you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks for coming on. Thanks hey. for having
2: us, man. Out.